Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Before the Box Score, your preeminent preview podcast. I am Nate Edwards coming to you again, uh, previewing the mighty Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, I am joined tonight by Mr. Drew Brown, a uh, contributor over at a Sea of Blue, who was uh, kind enough with his time to jump on and talk to us about all things Wildcats. Say hello, Drew. Hey, good evening. I really appreciate having me, man. I'm excited to talk some football. Absolutely, man. Always a good time to talk football. Um, okay, Drew, I have a confession, my man. Okay. Um, your all's team drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could understand why. Um, it's, you know, you all have been in the SEC for a long time. We, we have only been here eight years and I'll tell you, you know, when we, when we joined the SEC, kind of the, the thought, the prevailing thought of Missouri fans was that okay? Uh, we'll struggle in football for a little bit. We'll we'll probably beat Vanderbilt and Kentucky, and basketball will be really good, but we'll never beat Kentucky. And none of that has come to fruition, especially on the football side. I guess from your standpoint, you know, eight years in of the SEC membership for Missouri, what are your thoughts on the Missouri addition to the SEC neighborhood? Um, so my only issue with it, I guess I'll start with the bad, is is geography. And that's not Missouri's fault. 
And that's kind of the, the common trend that we're seeing um, within college sports where kind of geography doesn't play a huge role in these conference alignments. So my only issue would be geography because we are the Southeastern Conference and pretty much, I guess, Kentucky's the, you know, the most northern state in the, in the SEC. We kind of always have that argument here. Are we are we the Midwest? Are we the South? And mm -hmm. I like to claim and, and cling to the fact that we are the South. So other than the geography thing, I think it's great, man. I really like um, what Missouri brings to the conference, um, especially for basketball. I know you guys have had, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Um, I'm a big Mario McKinney fan. I've mm -hmm. seen him play in high school. Yeah. And then um, fr from a football standpoint, you know, I think it was a great addition as well. And, you know, have to say that being that, you know, we've we've beat an SEC team four years in a row, which is, you know, not something that uh, we can say all the time. Uh, and we're happy to help you guys out for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's 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 kind of weird. Missouri is very much a Midwest, Southeastern kind of state. Kentucky, yeah, being the most northern. I can imagine there's a lot of Midwest arguments as well. Uh, so I guess we are kindred spirits in the we don't know who we are kind of geography school if you will um so you know what one of the most amazing things to me is like mark stoops is almost the i think he is the dean of sec coaches he's been there what eight years i think at this point this is his eighth um so i guess what is what are your personal thoughts on the stoops era of kentucky football and what is the ceiling of the stoops era of kentucky football so the Big Blue Nation, and I kind of think every college fan base can, you know, kind of be a, a prisoner of, of you know, in the moment, a prisoner sure. of, of where we're at right now. So for me, kind of reflecting over that, I mean, it's really hard to argue. I mean, the Kentucky Wildcats football team won 10 games last year, 10 games. You know, the you know I'm 32 years old. It's by far the best um, season in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And pretty much every fan beat Florida, ended the streak. So Gosh. again, we're kind of a kind of a prisoner of the moment right now, I think, because Kentucky does have their struggles, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which I'm sure we'll get into. But overall, I don't know how you can argue that. I think he kind of has immunity as far as I'm concerned, if we have an up and down next couple of seasons. But um, so I'm a big Mark Stoops fan. I think that one thing that kind of gets lost in translation, Nate, is the fact that he took a little bit different approach um, mm -hmm. in recruiting. And what I mean by that is I've always said that in, you know, in years past in the SEC, in order for you to be competitive, you better have about 30 kids from Georgia and Florida on your team yeah. or, you know, you're probably going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. And Mark Stoops and his staff, um, Vince Merrow is an awesome recruiter. Um, they kind of took a different approach and really started hitting the Ohio pipeline. They're both Ohio guys and really just like crushing that Youngstown area and more taking guys from Michigan, even Ohio State. And that that paid off, you know, it was kind of a four-year plan, but just the recruiting um, prowess has really changed the face of the program. So I think he's doing a great job. But that being said, I do think there's plenty of times where maybe he does have some deficiencies as an X's and O's coach. There's been some organizational issues, some kind of head-scratching things. and And right now, too, especially as we're – we're really struggling to find an identity um, on offense, even with the quarterback struggle. So I think you could, you could look at it both ways. But from my point of view, and I, I would say most um, rational people in the Big Blue Nation, which may kind of be an oxymoron in itself, but um, <laughs> I, I think you got to – I mean, the guys won 10 games. You know, we went to a bowl several years in a row. So you got to be happy with what he's done with the program. But I think the way we finish the season is really going to start molding um, the opinions of a lot of fans because he does need to finish strong. You know, as kind of a follow-up, I mean, bringing 10 wins to Kentucky in football is absolutely tremendous no matter how you slice it. 
in your opinion, is Mark Stoops allowed to be at Kentucky as long as he wants, or is there a scenario in which the administration would go, okay, yeah, we're done with you? I think, unfortunately for Mark Stoops, I think that success kind of almost eliminated that for him. And it's kind of crazy to say that, but, you know, when you kind of set that expectation that, hey, this program is capable of winning 10 games, um, for one, that really gets the fan base bought in, you know. So now they're, I don't want to say they expect to do that, but now that they know that it's possible, um, you know, if we don't kind of continue to see positive momentum, I, I think that there's a scenario where, you know, he wouldn't be around at Kentucky. I don't think we're anywhere near that point. But I wouldn't quite, des- quite describe it as him kind of having immunity in the fact that um, he's going to be there as long as he wants. And maybe to take that a, a, a step further, if he does continue to have this type of success, I mean, any anybody that follows college football is going to know he's probably going to be getting tapped on the shoulder by some of these bigger programs. So I think either way, you know, I don't know that, you know, Mark Stoops is going to be here forever um just based off you know the success he's gone and lack of success and he's gone so sure. I, I don't think he's necessarily gonna control his own destiny i guess to answer your question gotcha yeah i mean you know eight years he's what 39 and 43 uh as of last week um so not a winning record there 18 35 in the sec play but uh yeah you know it seems like the results continue to get better uh, you had a kind of a dismal start in 2013 and he seems to have slowly built uh, upon that record as, as the years go by, I mean, are you at the point where you're like, okay, yeah, you break through with a 10-year season, then rebuild and break through like in two or three years after that? Or are expectations truly like, all right, you've made it to 10, now we like to see 7, 8, 9 every year? I think the real problem with this season was the schedule for Kentucky is just set up so favorably. They only played four road games this entire year, eight games at home, um, you know, we're not seeing the Alabamas, the Auburns. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're able to avoid them being in the SEC East. So I think this year it's really tough because um, I've been saying a lot the last few weeks that I even fell victim to this. But, you know, coming off of 10 wins when we were doing these preseason discussions, it was like we were just rolling off SEC wins. Oh, Vandy <laughs> win, Tennessee win, yeah. Arkansas win, you know, split the road games with Mississippi State and South Carolina. And now reality's kind of hit home hard that, you know, hey, it's it's tough to get wins in the SEC. Um, did squeak by against Arkansas, um, you know, have a tough game against Missouri this week. So I think that's been been a struggle, too, that a lot of fans kind of came into this season expecting to hit that eight win mark, which um, now is looking like it's going to be, you know, next to impossible. And Kentucky just has to find a way to win three of these next five to get bowl eligible. So that kind of stinks, I think, for Mark Stoops and his staff and this team was just at the kind of the coming off that that great season and the in the way that it was set up um the expectations were really high and it at all indications now are that you know those are not going to be fulfilled yeah well the good news for you is that your favorite punching bag is coming into town um, <laughs> you you have gotten the better of us for four straight years so what devil magic have you conjured to accomplish this feat <laughs> You know, I'm really glad you, you kind of mentioned that before we started. And I, I was glad because I kind of took a look back over the last four years and was like, hey, you know, you know what really happened in those games? I was going to kind of, you know, pick my favorite. And it, it's really hard to go against last year with that just unbelievable finish with just completely improbable with Kentucky basically winning with no time on the clock. But, I, you know, I looked back and it's been it has been great for the Wildcats, man. I went back to, um, I guess it was 2015. Yeah. Um, 
when you know Patrick told that was actually um so Kentucky beat Missouri who was ranked 25th at the time that was their first win against a ranked opponent in 18 games and oh an 18 gosh. game losing streak so you're like wow that I mean that was a that was a huge victory for the Cats you move on to 2016 this was crazy I totally forgotten about this Benny Snell rushed 38 times for 192 yards and two touchdowns. We and know. Boom Williams carried the ball for 182 <laughs> yards. So I had totally forgotten about uh, that. That's just incredible. I hate to rub that in. That's um, okay. We deserve it. And then there was the shootout in 17, 40 yeah. to 34, which was an awesome game. Mm-hmm. And then again, it, it's hard to not pick last year as, you know, a favorite from a Kentucky standpoint because that was a huge game for them that took huh. Kentucky to seven to one yeah and um I mean it, it I remember I listened to that game on the radio Ooh. and I was just floored I'm like how did that happen <laughs> um so yeah it's been you know I'd kind of forgotten about just how miraculous um all four of those games were and how really important they are to Mark Stoops um legacy thus far at Kentucky because they all kind of played a, a big role in, in themselves, but mm-hmm. who knows? We hope that it can um, kind of go the same way. We had a similar streak going with South Carolina. Oh yeah, um, I, I think that one was actually at five games, Ooh. and um, you know, reality hit really hard because they absolutely pummeled Kentucky this year, dominated them, <laughs> and what was one of the worst losses probably in this in the Stoops era was just brutal from start to finish. So who knows? We hope we can keep the voodoo magic going. Um, I think it'll help playing at home. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's been it's been interesting to see, and um, definitely one of the better winning streaks of the Mark Stoops era. Well, if I can if I can share in kind, uh, 2015 that that uh, that Missouri team was a fraud. <laughs> we should not have been ranked <laughs> at all. Uh, 2016, yeah, you all just stomped the heck out of us. But that was that was a year zero rebuilding uh, situation for for Barry Odom. In fact, I would say that Kentucky game specifically, we will thank you for that one. Uh, where where uh, Benny Snell and Boom Williams went off, because that was kind of the nail in the coffin for Barry Odom's um, read and react defensive line, and he finally unleashed the beast and let us uh, actually have a pass rush after that. So thank okay. you for for beating the hell out of us. That that actually was a <laughs> tough pill to swallow that we needed to take. Uh, okay, the 2017 game, real quick. I'm I know I'm just driving my listeners crazy, but. 2017. Do you remember the last minutes of that game by any chance? I don't. You know, I was trying to think back. I know that Austin, it was an Austin McGinnis field goal that won the game, but I don't necessarily remember how that came about. Yeah, y'all went up. We got uh, Mizzou got the ball back. We started driving, driving down the field, and we were just hitting Jamon Moore pass after pass after pass, running to the sideline, and we finally ran a slant over the middle. Jamon gets tackled in play, and one of your one of your linebackers takes the ball and swats it like five ten yards down the field. So the clock's running, and the refs can't find the ball, and they don't stop the clock. And like ten seconds goes off, and Barry Odom just about has an aneurysm, uh, yelling at the refs to stop the clock, and we we just ran out of time. So that was one of those like bad juju. Maybe it is voodoo magic. magic. <laughs> I'm yeah, telling you, man. Maybe it is. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, I will say last year's was very painful. Um, you know. Oh, I can't imagine being on the other end of that. Um, it, it had to be brutal. And I think we're going to get into this a little bit, but um, I'm sure most of your listeners don't know this, but that, um, you know, there was that infamous pass interference call against Ahmad Wagner. And I've never seen anything like it. I wish I had the number of pass interferences that he's drawn yeah, in his career at Kentucky. Crazy but I mean, it's every single week. And it's just it just kind of become... Um, a laughter thing with us in the media and, and all the fans. I mean, we just every week we just scratch our head and think, how does this happen every yeah. single time? And 
He's also a converted um, basketball player. If you didn't know that, he was oh, actually yeah, on the basketball right. team at the University of Iowa. So, um, but yeah, that and that's that's the most famous one. But yeah. Ahmad Wagner and those pass interference are just like it's one of it's basically, especially this year, one of Kentucky's best offensive plays. Dude can post up, man. It's the basketball player, and I'm I swear that's how he does it. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. I, I know it's uh, it's tough to go down memory lane sometime, but uh, you guys have certainly <clears throat> earned it. Um, so I guess we, we've talked about your favorite wins over the past couple of years, and the guy that killed us last year was Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, he had a return, uh, a punt return for a touchdown, yeah. and uh, that really kind of kicked off your your blitz of points at the end of the game. So. Now, Mr. Bowden, who was probably one of your best receivers, is your best receiver, is now your quarterback. Um, yes, he is. So I guess if you had – Terry Wilson's out of the picture. That's very sad. But if you had to pick between a healthy Sawyer Smith and a healthy Lynn Bowden Jr. to be your quarterback, which guy gives your team the best chance to win? Well, my friend, that is the the question in the bluegrass that we're asking ourselves every single day. And <laughs> – it's it's really tough for me to answer so I guess first the first caveat would be um we have to assume both those players are healthy because this Sawyer Smith injury thing is just it's a huge mystery Mark Stoops is not really releasing any um information to the media Sawyer Smith was on the sidelines at Georgia warming up Kentucky just I mean literally could not get any offense going nearly went the whole game without a pass completion um whether whether or not I mean it was just ridiculous so my personal opinion, and I get a little um, pushback on this, I think a healthy Sawyer Smith is Kentucky's best chance to be the greatest version of themselves. Okay. Um, whether or not, you know, that game to game, you could argue based off defensive schemes and maybe the health of Sawyer Smith, whether or not Lynn's better under center, you know, for one specific night. But I think overall, again, if this team's going to be the best version of themselves, you know, assuming they make a bowl and stuff. I think a traditional quarterback has to plan to it at some point because that allows Lynn Bowden to do what he does. And that's, you know, be a wide receiver, get into space. He's not taking, you know, 20 hits a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it is a really difficult question because he's so dynamic with the ball. And, you know, the Missouri saw that last year. And it's really hard to argue about not wanting the ball in his hands as much as possible. But I believe you'll see Lynn start the game on Saturday, if I had to guess. If things go great, you know, and, Kentucky's moving the ball down the field they're putting points on the board you might not see Sawyer Smith but I I do expect to see him at some point during the game which actually worries me because you know then you're getting into that that nerve-wracking two quarterback situation and you know Mm -hmm. just swapping people out from series to series so so that makes me a little nervous but again we're not really sure what's going on with his health we're not even sure what the injury is to be honest whether it's his wrist we thought it was his shoulder he was warming up on the sidelines at Georgia so my personal opinion is that we will see him, and I know that was a, a very diplomatic answer, but it, it is the question of, of the day in the Big Blue Nation. And if you asked 100 people in the Big Blue Nation, I think the majority would say Lynn Bowden, mm-hmm. but a lot of, I think, football people are really, you know, because let's, let's be honest, man, Sawyer Smith, we were going to be Florida. We had Florida beat. <laughs> yeah, Florida was beat, and the, kind of that old Kentucky football curse caught up, and, you know, a field goal was missed at the end, but – he looked like a stud for the first three quarters, and who knows? He, we don't even know what game or play he got injured in. I know he he threw an interception in the Florida game and took and tackled the guy, took a really tough fall. He, he got beat up at Mississippi State. So um, 
My personal answer would be a healthy Sawyer Smith. I'd like to ride with him and really get back to a more traditional offense. All right. Well, I'll tell you, Mizzou has has two issues, uh, kind of historically, but also specifically this year. Uh, historically, we always struggle when a backup quarterback comes in, uh, whether it's Connor Shaw, Michael Skarnecchia, uh, Elijah Sindelar, Mo Hassan, like – the backup comes in and magically uh, the team is, is so much better and we can't defend it. Uh, the other issue that we have, at least this year, is stopping mobile quarterbacks. And that's certainly not a novel concept. A lot of defenses do. Uh, but our defense has been elite unless we're facing a, a mobile quarterback. Um, now, Lynn Bowden might not be the best thrower in the world, um, but just his athleticism, I mean, are you at the point where you wish you could clone him, put one at quarterback and one at receiver? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's. I mean, he's just a phenomenal player. He's a gamer. I know in the post-game press conference after the Arkansas game when he just, I think, you know, he ran for 192 yards, whatever it was, just ridiculous game. I mean, I want to say he said five times in five minutes at that press conference that he's a ball player. He said, I'm a ball player. Mm-hmm. I want the ball in my hands. And he's just a gamer. And, you know, um, back to my previous point, he's one of those guys from – Ohio that yeah. felt snubbed, you know, by the Ohio States and stuff not getting offered. So he's constantly playing with the chip on his shoulder. So yeah, I, absolutely. And that's kind of my thing with siding a little bit more on the Sawyer Smith side is that I really like seeing him out there um, being able to do what he does best. And Kentucky doesn't have a strong receiving core. So when you put him under center and you're asking him to get guys involved that, you know, are kind of lower tier receivers, it makes it even more difficult. So but yeah, absolutely. If we could, if we could clone Limbo, and we would be all about it. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of mentioned it. Um, as far as a receiving core standpoint, and really just from a team standpoint, you lost a lot of production from last year's team, uh, and so you're, there's been a lot of fresh faces, uh, both both for you guys and then anybody who's kind of going up against Kentucky. Um, so who are? I mean, we know Sawyer Smith, we know Lynn Bowden, we know, we know those guys, but like. Tell us a little bit about some of the under-the-radar players that Missouri fans should look out for on Saturday. Um, even though I guess Missouri fans probably know him from what we talked about earlier, but um, I think Ahmad Wagner is a kind of can be an X-factor guy. He's a big play threat. Um, again, he's just uh, – mark my words, Tigers fans listening, like do not be surprised if he draws another pass interference uh, um, this week. It's it's not something that's – that's out of the out of the ordinary but um I've been waiting all season so we, uh, we were really expecting a lot more out of AJ Rose he's typically our starting running back um he he has big play capability he can really sh- um, stretch the field and all season I've been waiting for him to just turn a corner and be you know gone for a, you know 50 60 70 yard touchdown and it really just hasn't happened so Kentucky actually does have a trio of um, pretty good running backs that just really haven't been able to get going over the last few weeks that's um AJ Rose, Cavassier Smoke, um, one of the best names in the SEC, by the way. Truly, and, truly, um, yes. yes. And um, Chris Rodriguez, who I don't know if you saw any of the Georgia game, but he botched that um, wide open catch in the end zone uh, and somehow kicked yeah. it out of bounds. Gosh. Um, if you haven't seen that, you should look it up. It was quite unbelievable. But so the running backs are pretty good. Um, when you know when they get going, they're kind of a three headed monster. When they get rolling, they really are um, not bad. I've been looking too. I think it might actually be calling for rain in Lexington on Saturdays. Actually, yeah, one reason I might skip skip the game, I was going to take photos, but um, I'm, I'm kind of over these night games too, man. We've had um, – so we have not played a noon SEC game since our field was named Kroger Field. I think no it goes way. back to like 13 or 14. We are just 
this is like our fourth night game in a row or something at Kroger Field. So wow. it, it gets it gets brutal. But I'm on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if it's anything like we've seen over the last few weeks, it's going to be um, a heavy dosage of Lynn Bowden for sure. So, um, you know, I would look for that. And then on the defensive side of the ball, though, that's where Kentucky's strong. I mean, their defense has given them two years in a row now. I mean, Kentucky had a top 10 defense in the country last year with Josh Allen, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Edwards, who plays for the Bucks. They were just loaded. And a lot of that's really carried over. Um, DeAndre Square is an excellent outside linebacker. He's a really good player. So the defense has really kept Kentucky in the game. And I was kind of looking up some stats today on Missouri. Basically, that 30-point mark seems to be where it's at. Kentucky's only given up 30 points like once in the last 21 games or something. And um, I think Missouri has like a crazy record um, on their favor when they score 30 points. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. I guess that's kind of stupid to say if Missouri scores a lot of points, they'll win. But, um, you know, Kentucky, I just don't think we'll be able to keep up offensively. But but our defense is stout, man. I mean, I, I get it. It was a monsoon in Athens, but Kentucky held Georgia to basically 14 points that entire game and scoreless at the half. So they've been doing work. Um, so, so watch out for the defense. That's definitely the strength of the Kentucky Wildcats. For sure. But, you know, whenever I think Kentucky football, I think, you know, running the ball and, and a strong defense. You know, for Rose uh, – you know, I was I always do offseason previews and like I just saw so many beat writers talk about, oh, Rose is so fast. He's got so much speed. And like, you know, looking at his stats, you know, 91 rushes, 457 yards. Uh, he can he can add, you know, about four and a half yards once he gets past the line. But really, it's uh, it's the smoke kid um, with, you know, almost half the carries, uh, but only 100 fewer yards. I guess Rose is a feature back and Smoke as your backup. That, that looks good for the future, uh, at least for next year. Almost kind of like a thunder-lightning kind of combination there. Yeah, like I said, Kentucky has a really good running back core. We're actually expecting a little more out of him. I think Cavassier Smoke's fine. I know he was. I don't. You know, he got shaken up a little bit over the last few weeks, but um, he's kind of that big, big play threat guy. Um, he's had some. He's um, definitely been like the. Um, you know, most yards per carry. He's broke off some really long runs this year. So look to get him involved a little too. And, and that really takes pressure off Lynn when Kentucky can run the ball because yeah. uh, it's it's painful sometimes, but you guys can really expect a lot of runs up the middle, basically like the wildcat-looking offense, um, Lynn Bowden in the shotgun and kind of, you know, deciding whether to make that handoff to one of those guys or running up the middle. But, yeah, absolutely. The, the future looks bright from that standpoint because those two running backs um, are serviceable for the SEC, but – been a little disappointing especially from aj rose that he's just not been able to you know to break open much this season but yeah. who knows he's due <laughs> oh man that's unfortunate for us to hear also smoke five nine two twenty five that is a, a that's a bowling yeah. ball <laughs> and he's lightning too he's he's quick man he's really really fast he can he can hit that edge and, and be gone and he's a big fan favorite like i said man that guy's got Definitely one of the best names yeah. um, in the SEC next to um, Arkansas, which um, they have Bumper Pool. Bumper Pool that was fantastic. That was one of my favorites, too. I covered that game, and I, every time I got a good giggle. Who's uh, is Does Auburn have Smoke Monday? <laughs> I'm not sure. I Man, like Auburn's got some good <laughs> Like Big Cat Bryant and like Prince Tego Winogu and like – Smoke Monday. Ah, oh, man. That yeah, is- Smoke Monday is Auburn. That's great. I, didn't, oh. I don't even think I knew that one. Wow. Excellent. He's a freshman, so we'll, we'll get to know his name eventually, I think. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's great. That's a great name. Um, okay, so we you've talked about the offense, talked a little bit about the defense. 
let's get down to it. We get to the game on Saturday. Kickoff is at 6.30. Um, what does a Kentucky win over Missouri look like this year? Is it ball control? Is it a lot of running yards? Is it fewer possessions? What, what are we looking at when Kentucky wins? I think it's pretty simple. It's um, the defense doing work like we talked about, really holding Missouri under that 30-point mark. And for Kentucky to win, Lynn Bowden's just going to have to go crazy. And until Sawyer Smith is potentially healthy, comes back and, and looks like he did in the first three quarters of the Florida game, that's the only way Kentucky's winning games is literally on the back of Lynn Bowden like we saw at Arkansas when he was a one-man show. So I think that's the measure. Um, hold the Tigers under 30, if at all possible, and Lynn Bowden goes crazy. That's to me, the only recipe to win. Well, Vanderbilt held us to 14 last week, so it's possible to keep us <laughs> under 30, um, as unfortunate as that is to sound for us. So on the flip side of that coin, we kick off at 630. Missouri ends up winning. What does that look like? What does Missouri have to do to beat Kentucky? Contain Lynn Bowden. I know it's a broken record at this point, but if he's under center, um, I it, we've just really shown little to no ability to get other players involved. So I think, you know, if, um, I think it was Georgia did it. I mean, it, you have to assume that he's basically going to have one guy assigned to him at all times. And it's tough for one guy to, to bring him down. But I think if you contain, if, you know, again, assuming Sawyer Smith doesn't see any action or sees limited action, if you contain Lynn Bowden um, you know, and just get score any points, basically, um, it's going to be tough for Kentucky. And um, that's why I'm going to have a really hard time picking um, Kentucky to win just based off all those factors. That's fair. That's fair. That makes me a little happy. Uh, obviously not great for you, but happy for us. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to get a prediction on the record. I like to get this from, from our contributing guests here. It can be a final score if you want. You can pick your guys to win. You can predict, You pick a particular stat if you'd like. But give me something. Give me a final score or something, but a prediction from you on what happens in this game. Whew. Um, so again, I, I kind of let the cat out of the bag, no pun intended, but I will say that, um, I, so I've the, the only real game I think I've, besides Georgia, obviously that I've picked against Kentucky was Arkansas and they got that done. So I'm going to maybe try some reverse psychology on that again. So I am going to pick Missouri to win. Okay. Um, but I'll say they don't quite hit that 30 point mark because Kentucky really has, um, shut, shut teams down over the last few weeks. So I'm going to say it's, um, Missouri 27, I'll go Kentucky like 17. Okay, okay, I can dig it. That would be that would be covering. What's the wouldn't spread? It? What's the spread? I was just gonna say I'm not sure. I, mean, I think it was uh, like it's nine or ten or something like that. Yeah, I think it opened at 11, which a lot of Kentucky fans were, and I think rightfully so after um, you guys had a tough week um, against Vanderbilt, we're jumping all over that. But yeah. again, I'm gonna try to use some some reverse psychology on that. But it's just tough for me because. Other than the Lynn Bowden show against Arkansas, it has just been a really, really rough few weeks for Kentucky. It's almost like Florida's beaten us five times now. I mean, that game just took oh. so much air out of Kentucky. Um, you know, I mean, nobody's beating Florida. They're looking like a top five team now. I mean, Kentucky had them beat, and, whew, and then they have two brutal road games, um, come back, you know, find a way to beat Arkansas, and, you know, no offense last week. So it's just it's just tough for me to pick them right now until until I see them kind of get out of this funk that's been there since, I guess, September 14th. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Well, it sounds like you're not going to the game. So where are you going to watch the game? 
Uh, great question. Actually, oh man, I got a um. So another reason I'm skipping, which is I actually live in Louisville, Kentucky, which is about just about an hour out of Lexington. But um, oddly enough, I will be in Lexington on Saturday because my daughter has a um like the middle school basketball state championship. So oh, nice. that was another reason I wanted to skip because I'm already I have a feeling it's going to be an early start time there. And then um, mm-hmm. we have a basketball game, which we we really like basketball here. I hear that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a basketball game on Sunday. So I wanted to make sure that I'm I'm fresh to cover the basketball game so i'll probably be watching i might even listen on the radio um we have a we have a really awesome um radio guy tom leach he's he's excellent so his call of the missouri game is actually um one of the one of the better calls he's ever had from from last season but um so who knows man it's a long answer but i'll be in lexington probably hopefully watching either on my phone or or listening on the radio and i think it'll be a good one i think it'll be competitive they're always competitive, and it's it's nail biters that come down to the wire. So yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, but Drew, sir, thank you for jumping on tonight. We appreciate all your insights to uh, the Kentucky football team. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it, and I might have to get you to um, trade the favor and jump on the Cats by Ninety podcast, which is my deal. Either um maybe later this week or definitely um you know soon for basketball. I'm going to try to um. I don't know if Kentucky's on the road down there this year or not. I don't think that they are, but um, I, I love the love the basketball scene, so we will definitely stay linked up, and I, I really appreciate having me on. For sure, man. Cats look after each other. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our show, Tiger fans. We do have the game tonight or Saturday night at 6.30. Uh, maybe we get the, uh, the blue and white monkey off our back. Maybe we don't. Who knows? It should be a good game no matter what. Uh, But we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, We will be back next week, as always. I will try to be better then. Until that moment, M-I-Z.